Imagine a business built on what matters most to you. One inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome back to another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm Lee Shea McDonough, your host, and I'm really excited to talk to you today about what I think is a foundational concept for holistic and spiritual entrepreneurs. Today, we are talking all about the art and science of intuition. One of the things that unites spiritual entrepreneurs is that we tend to place a very high value on intuition and specifically how intuition can inform our decisions and how we show up in the world. And that's why I think at the very early stages of this podcast, we need to talk about what intuition is. We need to create a definition that we can use moving forward. And I really want to explore both the art of intuition and how it connects to our spirituality. And I also want to nerd out a bit and go into the science of intuition because I think that is fascinating as well. So I'm going to spend some time at the start of the podcast creating some definitions and diving into the research. And then we're going to talk more about why intuition is important, how it shows up in our businesses, in our lives, and how we can continue to cultivate its presence. So let's start with some Intuition 101. Let's start with defining what intuition is. And I've pulled a few different definitions to draw from before sharing with you what my personal definition of intuition is. Now, maybe this is the fact that I am the daughter of an English major. But when I want to clarify a definition, I start with the source. I go to the dictionary. And in this case, I thought it was really interesting that there were two definitions of intuition that I see as being related and yet different. So the first definition I found was that intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. And so here we're really looking at understanding. We're looking at comprehension and the role of intuition in comprehension. The second definition is that intuition is a thing that one knows or considers likely from instinctive feeling rather than conscious reasoning. So again, we're pulling in this idea that we don't need conscious reasoning, but now we are connecting it to instinct. This idea that there's something inherent in us that is the genesis, the origins of our intuition, and it's rooted in our instinct. And as I continued to uncover various definitions of intuition, I found that they generally fell into two camps. Some definitions really focused on the brain, so the actual organ of the body and how decision-making is rooted in a particular part of the brain or a particular process of the brain. And then the second camp really looked at intuition as more of a mind process. Now, for some of you, this may be like, wait, brain, mind, what's the difference? So when I'm talking about the brain, I am talking about the actual organ in the body. So the brain handles just about all of your body's physical actions, whether consciously or unconsciously. So whether it's your heart rate, your breathing, fostering cell growth, regulating your hormones, it all comes from the brain. Now the mind is something else entirely. So whereas the brain is a part of your physical body, 
the mind is not a part of the body the way the brain is. It's not an organ. And yet it's such an instrumental part of who we are. And it's tricky because you can't identify the mind in your body the way you can, say, your heart or your arm or your foot. It's not a tangible quality, and yet it is very much a part of who we are. So the mind is more of a concept. It's an element or a set of elements in which we're able to feel and perceive and think and make sense of things. And so when I'm looking at how we define intuition, I really am seeing that some definitions look at it more as a brain process and other definitions look at it more as a mind process, which I find so fascinating, especially because in a minute, I'm going to share with you my definition, which I think comes from more of a soul process. So there are researchers that look at intuition as a process that our brain uses that allows us to make decisions quickly without needing to go through the analytical reasoning process that we often use. And then there are people that look at it from the mind. So Carl Jung defined intuition as perception via the unconscious. So it's a way of knowing without being fully aware of the process, both what we know and how we know it. So I love all of these definitions, and there are elements from each one that I want to pull in to my own definition of intuition. But what I think is missing here is a connection between the intuition and the soul. Because I really believe intuition is our inner wisdom. And yes, the brain influences that, the mind influences that, but the soul influences that as well. And I really prefer to think about the intuition as giving voice to our higher self, that part of us that is fully, deeply, and intimately connected to the divine. And I believe this so strongly, it's why I named my podcast, Work Your Inner Wisdom, because I do believe that intuition is at the heart of what we do, and that we can learn to cultivate it, to work it, in order to achieve greater success and fulfillment in our business and our life. So there is some fascinating research out there about intuition and the physical body. And I want to share with you a little bit of what I learned, because I just think it's so interesting and it can really inform our understanding of intuition and how it shows up in our lives. So in my research, I found two really interesting perspectives on intuition. One is more of a neurological perspective, so where intuition originates in the brain. And the other was a more enteric view, which literally is the gut. And so how our digestive system, our enteric nervous system even, is connected to our intuition. So let me start first with the brain and the, the neural studies around it. And in the Journal of Neuroscience back in 2012, there was a study that showed that the site of fast unconscious cognitive operations, so again, kind of that split second knowing that maybe we define as intuition, that site lies in the basal ganglia. So if they were able to identify the region of the brain that lights up when we are making those kind of unconscious automatic decisions. And so that kind of gives us a little information about what happens when the brain utilizes that data from those unconscious processings and brings it into awareness. Now, we don't yet know why or how, but simply by identifying where in the brain it's happening, I think is a clue, a key to deepening our understanding of the brain's connection with intuition. Then in the April 2016 edition of the journal Psychological Science, there was a fascinating study published, I believe out of Australia, in which researchers were able to 
determine a technique to measure intuition. And after they used this method, they were able to show that people can use their intuition to make faster, more accurate, and more confident decisions. And it's really cool how they did it. They basically created this test in which groups of college students were shown black and white images of dots moving around on one half of a computer screen. And they were asked to tell the researchers whether the dots were moving to the left or the right. Now, while all of that movement was happening, on the other side of the computer screen, there was a bright flashing square of color, so kind of in their peripheral vision. What they didn't know was that within that bright square, researchers were flashing an image that either had a positive or a negative association with it. So maybe a positive image then would be like a baby or an ice cream cone. And a negative image would be something scary like a snake or a bomb exploding. But the thing is, these images were shown just for a split second so fast that it really was not perceptible in the moment. So the participants had no idea that they were being exposed to these images. All they were really consciously aware of were the dots moving and the flash of color. And the reason the researchers did this was because those subliminal images were meant to kind of recreate the information that our intuition feeds us. So it was brief, it was emotionally charged, and it was subconsciously perceived. So those three elements were kind of represented in the image, and that was used as a stand-in for intuition. And this is what's so fascinating. What they found is that when participants were shown the subliminal images that had a positive connotation, they did better on the task. They were able to determine which way the dots were moving with more success, and they were able to do so more quickly. And they also found that participants became better and better at using their intuition over time so that the more they did it and the more they were exposed to it, the more successful the outcome. So I think this study is so fascinating because it demonstrates how intuition can favorably affect our decision-making process and that we are able to cultivate it and improve it over time. And so this neurological approach, so figuring out where in the brain intuition lies and then how we can use our intuition to strengthen our decision-making, I just think is so fascinating. Then I started digging into the enteric nervous system, which are all of the nerves and neurons around our stomach and the digestive tract. And I did not realize until I did this research just how vibrant the neurological community around our gut is. I mean, it is fascinating. And what the studies have shown is that it looks like our gut can actually store memories, okay? And hunger is oftentimes a cue that can trigger this whole process that helps us arrive at a decision. So in this case, researchers linked hunger as a memory, So for example, if we are in a specific area that doesn't have a lot of food around, we're going to get hungry and we're going to measure it. And just side note, my stomach started grumbling right now, which I think is really funny. (laughs) But really, hunger can kind of be a stand-in or a memory of sorts that lets us know, yep, no food here. And so what this means is that animals, and that includes us humans, we are able to process a lot of information in the brain when really it originates in the gut. So fascinating. There are also studies that show within our microbiome in our gut, there are so many bacteria and hormones that are related to memory. So for example, we find serotonin in the digestive system. That's the neurotransmitter that really contributes to our overall sense of happiness and well-being. 
We also find brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, in the gut, and that aids memory and learning. So we are finding all of these things that have traditionally been associated as brain chemicals, we're finding them in the enteric nervous system. We're finding them in the gut. So when we talk about gut feelings, gut reactions, that's not just an expression. It literally is happening in that part of our body. And what we're realizing is that there's a connection between the brain and the gut called the vagus nerve. And traditionally, we thought that nerve operated in one direction. It was the brain kind of informing the gut. Now we know that it goes in both directions so that the gut can actually inform the brain. And that pathway is turned on in part by that serotonin that the gut releases. And so there are some theories out there that the source of intuition, we've already talked about it being in the basal ganglia, but it may actually be in the gut as well. It is so fascinating to just kind of dig in and learn about the physical manifestation of intuition and where we can find it in our body. So that's me totally geeking out over the science of intuition. I just think it's so cool. But I also think it's really important that when we talk about intuition, we take a holistic approach to it. I want to examine the physical evidence for intuition in the body. I also want to talk about intuition as it relates to the mind, that sense of knowing without knowing, of being a part of a cognitive process, and yet we can't quite put our finger on it. That's really important too. And then of course, we also bring in the spiritual component and we can view intuition as our connection to a divine source of a, of a higher self, of a power and a knowledge outside of us that we can tap into at any time. And that's why I wanted to look at both the science and the art of intuition, because they can really work hand in hand as we examine how intuition can inform our decision making and inform our life. So you may be thinking, okay, yep, yeah, this is really interesting, but why does it matter? Well, I think that really gets to the heart of why intuition is so important. And I think we could come up with a million reasons as to why intuition is important, but there's three that I want to talk about today. The first is intuition helps keep us safe. So when we are faced with a threat and we maybe only have a split second to assess it, we can't necessarily rely on our analytical brain to make that decision quickly for us. I mean, if we're talking split second between life or death, we need to go with instinct because the analytical brain is going to take in the observation, process it, find a rational explanation, and then create a decision accordingly. We don't have that much time when we're being faced down by a predator. That's why our instinct, the intuition kicks in. And so in a split second, we are able to assess something as dangerous or safe, and we can respond accordingly. So our intuition, that ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning, going back to that first dictionary definition, that keeps us safe. And so that is one of the most important reasons why intuition is important. The second, and which I've alluded to already, is that intuition can help us make decisions. It's very much linked with our cognitive process of taking in information, making sense of it, and then taking action accordingly. And sometimes I hear people kind of pitting intuition against data. So either you are making data-driven decisions or you are making intuitive decisions. And actually, I don't think that's fair. I think intuition is in many ways informed by data, the data that we're receiving from the world around us. It's just happening really quickly. And likewise, it would be really interesting to examine the extent to which intuition is influencing data as well. But that might be a whole nother podcast episode. 
But I think what is important to remember is that we don't have to pit data and intuition against each other, that they actually work hand in hand in making decisions. But what I have found is that our society tends to reward those data-driven, externally-based quantitative decisions. And we minimize the role that intuition can play in the decision-making process. And so one of my missions with the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast is to help us really create an intuitively based decision-making process, one that welcomes and makes space for data, but also places a high value on our intuition. Because as the research is suggesting, our intuition is a vital part of our decision-making process. And so I want to honor that, and I want to partner it with data so that we are making decisions that are in alignment with who we are and what matters most to us. And that takes me to the third reason that I think intuition is so important. I view intuition as being the foundation of living in harmony with our true self and our values. When we are aware of our intuition, when we honor and respect it, when we allow it to play a role in our lives, then I think it connects us even more deeply with that divine source of energy. I believe our intuition is the gateway to that energy. And so when we're able to tap into it and when we're able to allow it to inform how we live our lives, then that's where we are able to achieve fulfillment and satisfaction because we know that the actions that we're taking and the decisions that we're making are aligned with our values, aligned with our principles, and aligned with our spiritual selves. So when we think about intuition, being responsible for keeping us safe, helping us make decisions, and creating the foundation of a fulfilling life, yeah, it's pretty important. And that's why I think it's equally important to understand both the art and the science of intuition. So now that we've created a definition of intuition, we've looked at some of the science behind it, and we know why it's important, I want to spend some time looking at how it shows up in our lives. I think it's really interesting to examine it from four different perspectives. I'm going to go into the physical presentation of intuition, the emotional presentation, the mental presentation, and the spiritual presentation of intuition. So let's start with the physical. And here we're going to get back to that enteric nervous system. Many of us, when we are connecting with our intuition, we feel it deeply in our belly, in our gut. We get that gut feeling. We just get that sense of knowing, and it's really rooted in that area of our body. And now we know why. Now we know that there does seem to be a link between the enteric nervous system that surrounds our digestive system and intuition. So physically, I find that when I am accessing my intuition, I feel grounded, I feel rooted, I feel really solid in my belly. And then that expands so that I just feel this sense of calm throughout my body. That's how it shows up in me. I would be really curious to know how it shows up for you and where you sense your intuition in your body as well. Emotionally, my intuition shows up when I am feeling calm, when I'm feeling centered, and when I'm feeling connected. And honestly, sometimes that's a hard state to achieve. So many of us are leading very busy lives where we are balancing work with family, with health, with volunteering and other activities. Like our lives can feel very, very rushed. And when we're constantly operating from that state of go, 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 it can be really hard to slow down and find that calm. 
which is a shame because that is the emotional state I find I am most easily able to access my intuition. Because intuition also comes forth for me when I am in a state of flow, when I am engaging in an activity on such a level where I am losing track of time and space, where something feels like it's taken five minutes and yet it's been three hours, that flow state is such a wonderful place to be when we are doing good hard work. And that's also where I find my intuition comes through. And for me, that requires a sense of deep focus and calm. So even though we are leading very full, very rushed lives, I would challenge you to find just a few moments of calm in your day and allow that to be the time that you cultivate your intuition. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But first, let's look at how intuition can show up from a mental perspective. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but there have been times where I'll have a question, I'll be trying to work through something, I'm feeling stuck or blocked or confused, and I simply plant the seed that I don't know the answer to this now, but it's going to come. And then I'll do something else. I'll go for a walk, I'll make dinner, and all of a sudden I have the answer to my question. Boom. And I needed to kind of plant that seed. I needed to set myself up for success. And then I needed to walk away. I needed to let my unconscious brain work on it a bit. And for me, that's one of the mental processes I can use to tap into my intuition because I know that I know, right? I have that deep inner wisdom. I have a sense of knowing that guides me. And when I'm feeling stuck, when there's too much going on and I'm forcing it, that's when I know I need to plant the seed and I need to let it go. And I trust the process. I trust that my intuition will show up and share the answer with me. And maybe it does that through a flash of insight. Maybe I see something and I make a connection, but those mental processes are working so that I'm able to tap into my intuition and answer my own question. It's a really powerful experience, and I'd love to know if you've had it as well. And last but not least, I want to talk about the spiritual perspective of intuition. And this is going to look different for each one of us, depending on our spiritual beliefs and our spiritual practices. But I will share with you that I have found I've been able to tap into my intuition most easily when I am in a state of meditation or prayer, when I am surrendering to the divine, when I am opening that channel, that's when I often get my insights or my aha moments. It's almost as if the source of my inner wisdom is connecting with the greater source of infinite wisdom. So it's like the little S source in me is connecting with the big S source out there. And when that channel's open, we're able to communicate more directly. And that's where a lot of those moments of inspiration come from. And so it's very important to me that my spiritual practices create that opportunity for me to connect with my intuition and with that source of greater knowledge that abounds. So once I know where and how intuition shows up for me, then I'm able to really bring it into the processes I use in my business and in my life. And because this is a podcast about spiritual and holistic entrepreneurship, I really want to focus on how my intuition supports me in business. So I'll share a couple of examples. And then I'd also love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation at the Work Your Inner Wisdom community over at Facebook facebook.com slash groups slash work your inner wisdom. But first, let me share with you a little bit about how intuition shows up and supports me in my business. So as a coach, 
one of the tools that I have at my disposal and that I use with every single client is reflective listening. And so reflective listening occurs when I am listening very deeply to what my client is saying. I'm taking it all in and then I'm reflecting back what they're saying in a way that contributes to the conversation. So maybe it adds a new level of meaning or insight to what they said. So really, I'm building on what they've shared with me. Now, in order to do that, I absolutely have to bring my intuition into the process because my client may be sharing something with me. And while they are, I'm listening deeply to them, but I'm also very much connected with my intuition. And I can sense that there's another layer to this, that there's some connection, something else that needs to be brought out in the conversation. And so when I reflect back what they've shared, I'm also able to add that little additional piece of knowledge or insight that I've picked up on through my intuition. And I will tell you that way more often than not, it is spot on. And it's not because I'm right. It's simply because I was able to use that intuitive perception to build on what the client said. And for you coaches out there who are listening to this and are thinking, yeah, that's great, but what if I get it wrong? There's no such thing as getting it wrong. Seriously, if you reflect something back that's not accurate, then your client will let you know and they'll correct you. And then you can use that additional information coupled with your intuition to further the conversation. So there's no such thing as making a mistake in this case. As a coach, I am also always coming from a place of empathy for my clients. Empathy means that I am able to walk beside them in their emotional experience. So it's not feeling pity or feeling sorry for them. It's truly walking beside them so that I can feel what they're feeling. And one of the ways that I'm able to access my empathy is to bring my intuition in, to allow that inner wisdom, that inner voice to guide me in terms of what the client may be experiencing internally. My intuition absolutely deepens my ability to be empathetic and to connect with my clients. And in turn, my empathy then helps develop my intuition. So it really is a back and forth building process between the two. Then sometimes in session, I will get what I call an intuitive hit where my client will be talking about something, he or she will be sharing something. And then all of a sudden, I just get this sense of Maybe it's an image that pops in my mind. Maybe it's a word or a phrase, but it's something that makes itself known so strongly that I know I am meant to share it with my client. And so I ask permission. Would it be all right if I shared something that just came up? And then I share it. And it is fascinating how often that phrase or that image or whatever it is that I'm feeling called to share with them, it's amazing how spot on it is. And oftentimes it's things that I can't quite understand. I remember once I got an image of a tiger as I was speaking to a client of mine and I was like, where is this tiger coming from? Like, I really didn't know. And yet I also knew that this was important to the client and I had to share it. And when I did, it absolutely opened up a much deeper line of discussion. That tiger did hold meaning for the client and it allowed us to get to the heart of the matter and really focus in on what the client needed to uncover in that session. That's one of those times where I've learned never to doubt my intuition. Even if it doesn't seem to make logical sense on the surface, I trust my intuition. I trust my inner wisdom. And I know that when I follow it, it's going to lead me down the right path. And then finally, I absolutely bring my intuition into my decision-making process for both my business and my life. 
And I'll be honest with you, that wasn't always the case. And in episode five, so it's going to drop in just a, you know, next week or so, you are going to learn more about what it means to cultivate an intuitive decision making process and how we can identify whether we are making decisions based in fear or intuition. So you're definitely going to want to check out that episode because I'm going to take a much deeper dive into the role of intuition in the decision-making process. So as spiritual entrepreneurs who understand the importance of intuition and how it can support our businesses, I think it's also incumbent upon us to continue to cultivate our intuition because we are all given intuition as a gift. Every single person on this planet has the gift of intuition. But as with any gift, we can continue to refine it, we continue to hone it, and we can continue to develop it so that it can really work for us. So there are a few ways that I choose to cultivate my intuition. The first is by sustaining a regular mindfulness practice. Now, mindfulness can include meditation, and for me, it does. So if you're someone who enjoys meditation or wants to try it, I highly recommend it because it provides us a different way of viewing and relating to our thoughts. And once we can quiet some of that mental chatter that can distract us during the day, then it allows us to more readily tap into our intuition. So meditation is certainly one means of doing that. It is by no means the only way of practicing mindfulness. There are many, many different ways that don't involve achieving a meditative state. And actually, I talk about them more in my book, Act on Your Business. So you can certainly use that as a resource, or you can go on Google and search mindfulness practices. Uh, You'll find some that include meditation, and you'll find some that don't. I also find that keeping an intuition log helps me recognize when intuition is showing up in my life, and then I can more easily cultivate it. So you know those moments where you know something without knowing it? Don't let those escape you. Write it down. Note where you were, what time it was, what was going on, and what your intuition revealed to you. By keeping a log, I am willing to bet that you are going to start seeing some commonalities, some patterns emerge. So things that help you more readily access your intuition or that make you more open to your intuition. So I think keeping an intuition log is a really interesting way of observing and then cultivating your intuitive process. There are also a host of different tools that you can use to help clarify and refine your intuition. I know many people turn to the tarot for that or will use oracle cards. Others might use crystals. Again, these are all tools that can help us tap into and clarify our inner wisdom. So it's almost as if our deep knowledge is speaking to us through these tools. So whether you choose to use prayers, tarot, oracle cards, you name it, they are all tools that can help us more deeply connect with our intuition, and then that can inform the action that we take in our lives. And finally, I think journaling is an excellent way for us to cultivate our intuition. Because it's one way that we can ask ourselves questions and allow our intuition to answer. We can recognize connections that we make between thoughts, insights, relationships. So journaling can also be a very effective process for connecting with and cultivating our intuition. So now that we know what intuition is, we understand the art and science behind it and how it can positively affect our business decision making. I think it's time for the make it work moment. 
the Make It Work Moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. So I'm going to share with you that when I wrote this book, I had a specific person in mind. And do you know who that person was? It was me. I wrote this book for me. I wrote this for the spiritual entrepreneur who wanted to create a successful, profitable business and develop a fulfilling life and who wanted to do so anchored in her values, in her purpose, and in what mattered most to her. And so I knew that if I could write myself a handbook on how to do this, then it would benefit other entrepreneurs out there who wanted to do the same. In many ways, I was my own ideal reader. And so it is my honor to share Act on Your Business with you because I use the principles in it. It has been my roadmap to creating the success that I want in my business and the happiness that I want in my life. And I hope that you find it to be as useful a tool. So you can learn more about it at actonyourbusiness.com or you can head over to Amazon and get your copy in either paperback or Kindle. So in today's Make It Work moment, I am going to ask you to think about the last time your intuition made itself known to you. I want you to remember where you were, what was going on, how it felt, and what was revealed to you. You are free to write this down if that helps you. You're also free to create a voice memo and talk it through. Whatever works best for you. But I want you to take a deep dive into the last time you felt your intuition was present. And then I want you to imagine that you are putting on a special pair of goggles and they are intuition goggles. And from here on out, you will be able to observe when your intuition shows up for you. So you are raising your awareness. You are looking at the world through these intuition lenses. And I will be so interested to hear from you how your intuition shows up moving forward. And in fact, I really do want to know. So come on over to the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community and share with us what the Make It Work moment uncovered for you. How have you noticed your intuition in the past and how are you noticing it now? How is it showing up and supporting you in your business and your life? So if you're not already a member of the community, head on over to Facebook. You can search for Work Your Inner Wisdom or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Work Your Inner Wisdom and join in the fun. I would love to hear how this episode resonates with you. You can find show notes and a deeper dive into today's session at workyourinnerwisdom.com slash three. That's the number three. And I will also include links to any resources I've talked about during today's show. While you are at the website, be sure to sign up for the free wisdom library. So I have created a collection of tools and guides and resources, especially for the spiritual entrepreneur who wants to grow and scale their business. So if you haven't already, head over to workyourinnerwisdom.com slash free so that you can access the wisdom library today. Many, many thanks to those of you who have left a review on iTunes for the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I am so grateful. And it's because of you that our podcast and our community continues to grow. So if you have not already left a review, I would be so grateful if you would head over, take two minutes, leave your five-star review at iTunes and help us continue to grow this podcast and this community. So there we go. Another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast is in the books. I am so, so thankful that you joined me today. 
I hope that you found this both inspirational and actionable. I cannot wait to hear what you think about it over at the Facebook community. And I also look forward to speaking with you next week. I have a wonderful interview all lined up for you. So join me here next week. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, encouraging you to let your inner wisdom lead the way. 